As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Today we talk about confession. And again, it's important for us to remember this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you see the focus change? From our sin to His salvation. Good morning, and welcome to Peace to You from Peace Church in Arvada, Colorado. In 1 John chapter 1, the Bible says, If we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us and we deceive ourselves. Denying our sin never works. We still feel guilt, and in order to deal with that guilt, we need to admit that we sin. But what do we do with that sin? Well, the Bible continues, But if we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sin and cleanse us. First, it's important that we admit that we are sinful. Then, we must confess our sin. Please join Pastor Tim as he explores what confession is and the blessings God offers as we confess our sin before him. Now, here's Pastor Tim. Well, good morning. As Josh pointed out, we were on a ski retreat last week, and it's good to be back and worship with you, although I had a wonderful time last week. Uh, other than the trip up um, I-70 uh, towards Genesee in the middle of a snowstorm, it was a beautiful weekend. Great weather, wonderful skiing, uh, good company. I was privileged to be able to hang out with the youth and uh, the other adult leaders and to grow in some relationships there. And uh, Josh did a good job of um, organizing and leading the retreat. I learned something, though. I, I'm not as old as I used to be. Let me rephrase that. I'm not as young as I used to be. And maybe I should rephrase that and say, I'm not as young as I think I am. Oh, my aching bones. I tried desperately to keep up with the, the young people. I, I skied hard, uh, trying to keep up with Bill Plain and some of the younger youth leaders. I, I uh, skied with the youth. I, I even went down a double black, not once, but twice. You know what I'm talking about, one of those runs that... Um, 
is roped off except for this little gateway that they leave in the rope uh, so that you're forced to read the sign that says, for experts only. And like I said, I went down that not just once, but, but twice. And it was, everything was actually pretty good until, until Monday. And I could barely get down the stairs to make coffee that morning. And finally, when I plopped down on, on the couch with a cup of coffee, it took me about two hours to get back up. Uh, you know what? I, I learned that, that there's a problem when we don't admit what we should admit. And the same thing is true with sin. Pastor Dave talked about this last week, that we are all sinners, and we need to admit that we're sinners. St. Paul says it this way. He says, for all have fallen, uh, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, all of us. Pastor Dave said it this way, I'm not okay, and neither are you. In our reading just a little bit ago, we heard another person say the same thing. His name is John, one of Jesus' disciples. And he wrote, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We're all sinners. I'm not okay. You're not okay. Pastor Dave's not okay. None of us are okay. We're sinners through and through, and it's important that we admit it. But then what do we do with this thing called sin? How do we handle it? Well, if we're honest with ourselves, what we usually do is we, we suppress it, right? We stuff it. Uh, we try to manage it. We don't want to admit it, so we deny it. Oh, I really didn't do that. I, it wasn't me. Kind of like Pastor Dave said in, in uh, his uh, confession and absolution time with us. I didn't do it. Or maybe we blame somebody else. She made me do it. He made me do it. Or as Flip Wilson, some of you remember Flip Wilson, the comedian, the devil made me do it. Or maybe there's those times when we do that comparison game thing, you know? You know, well, I may be a sinner, but you're worse sinners than me. All right? I'm not so bad when it comes to uh, some of the other people in this world, and I'm probably in the, the top 20% when it comes to clean living. We want to do that. But what happens when we start handling our sin in that way, right? We don't deal with it, and it sits right here in our gut, just like rocks in our gut, a heavy weight on our heart, because we're holding on to it. We're not letting it go. And when we do that, it just gnaws at us. It bothers us. It drives us crazy, because we're not dealing with it. David said it this way. He said, for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, and my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. When we don't get rid of the sin, when we don't deal with it, it's like God's heavy hand is, is on us, weighting us down, making it hard to get through the day. So what do we do with the sin? Well, folks, John goes on in the passage that we just read a little bit ago, it's an important passage. In fact, it's so important, it's so vital for our spiritual well-being that we use it as part of our liturgy in our hymnal. 
We don't oftentimes quote it in this service, but in our first service we quote it quite often. It comes from 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. And it's so important, I want you to read it alongside of me today. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what do we do with our sin? We confess it. But what does it mean to confess our sins? We know what it means to sin, right? We've defined sin. Sin is is missing the mark. It's aiming at at the small little bullseye, trying to reach perfection, hit right in the middle of that bullseye, and anything that misses that mark, even a little bit, is a sin. Whenever we don't live up to God's perfect standards, it's sin. But what is confession? Well, I googled it, and this is what I, I found. Confess means to admit or state that one has committed a crime or is at fault in some way. To admit that we have committed a crime or at fault in some way. Now face it, we don't like to do that, right? It's it's one thing to admit, yes, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, we're all sinners, right? We're all together in this, we're all sinners, Good, let's go on with life. But it's another thing to to think about confessing and and admitting that we're guilty of a specific sin or a specific crime. Because, you know, it, it might affect my relationship with other people. Sometimes I wonder what you would think of me as a pastor if you knew my thoughts. If you knew my heart deep down, the things that I struggle with, it might ruin my reputation. It might put a barrier between me and you. And and face it, we all do that, don't we? Where we struggle with this, we don't want other people to know that. I don't want to confess and to tell others, and especially God, I I don't want to confess that sin. Because it might ruin me. It might ruin our relationship. I wonder... If we ever wonder, uh, think about this too, in a court of law, in our society, if we admit our guilt, what's the result? Punishment. And if this crime is severe enough, death, right? Because sin leads to guilt, and, and guilt ultimately leads to death. I don't want to confess that. I, I don't want to confess my guilt. I wonder if that was what was going through, through Peter's mind. We all know that um, Peter was a fisherman. So it makes sense that one of our first encounters with Peter is a fish story, right? And it happened this way. Jesus uh, is on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, the people are gathering around him to hear him teach and to preach. And they're pressing in on him so much that Jesus looks over and he sees a boat there. And he hops into the boat. It happens to be Simon Peter's boat. And he tells him to cast off a little bit. And then Jesus sits down in that boat and he starts teaching. 
And when he's finished, he looks at uh, the uh, disciples that are there, the, the fishermen, and he says to them, he says, have you caught any fish? And, and their answer is, no, no, we, we've not caught any fish. He said, well, cast out a little bit farther and um, let your nets down. And Peter's response is, Master, we've toiled all night, but if you say so, well, okay. And they catch this, this catch of fish that's incredible. So The nets are so full of fish that the, the nets start breaking. And Peter's response was this. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. All of a sudden, Peter knew who this Jesus was. He had had a history with Jesus before. He knew that he was a healer. Jesus had healed his mother-in-law. He knew that Jesus was a great teacher. He'd heard him before. And then he heard him again on that day. But now, when he saw this miracle, he knew that this Jesus was God. And he couldn't stand it. And he fell down at Jesus' feet. And he said, get away from me. I'm a sinner. I can't stand to be in your presence. Peter understood that sin leads to guilt and guilt leads to death. And he couldn't bear that thought. He couldn't bear to be in the presence of Jesus. Knowing that he was God. God himself. But an interesting thing happened. Jesus didn't leave. He stayed right there. And not only that, he said, whoa. Jesus said, don't be afraid. And then he involved Peter in his mission. He said, from now on, you're going to be catching men. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Now, we all know Peter, right? He's that boisterous, brash, bold kind of guy that oftentimes says something without thinking about what he's saying. One minute, he's uh, declaring Jesus to be the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Messiah. And the next minute, he's telling Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. And we all know the worst, most grievous sin that's recorded in the Bible that, that Peter can, uh, did. Pastor Dave told us about it last week. 
It happened on Monday, Thursday, the night that Jesus was betrayed. They had just finished the Lord's Supper, the very first Lord's Supper. And they go to the Garden of Gethsemane, and while they're there, Jesus says to them, he says, tonight all of you are going to leave me. You're going to desert me. And Peter, first of all, says, Jesus, you're a liar. I'll never do that. And then he makes it worse by dissing his fellow disciples and saying, even if all these leave you, I won't. Later on that night, he's warming himself up up over the, the coals of a fire. And he denies Jesus three times. And this is what happens. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the saying that the Lord, the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. Can you imagine how Peter must have felt at that moment? Can you imagine the guilt? Can you imagine how, how he felt about saying this about his Lord and Savior and, and deserting Jesus just like everybody else by denying him? Because Peter understood that sin leads to guilt and guilt leads to death. And what did he do? He did the exact same thing he did the first time. He wanted to get away from Jesus. He didn't run toward him. He went out away and wept bitterly. He couldn't stand to look his Lord Jesus in the eye. But an interesting thing happened. Jesus wouldn't let him go. The next day Jesus died and he went into the grave. Can you imagine how Peter felt during that time? And all day Saturday as Jesus was in the grave and and Peter was, was in the house hiding Can you imagine how he must have felt that time, during that time? And then on Easter morning, some women went to the the tomb, and Jesus encountered them. And after revealing that he was alive and that he was still present with them, that he hadn't indeed left, he said, go back and tell the disciples and Peter that I will see them in Galilee. I'm still here. I'm still present. And over the next 40 days, he kept appearing time after time after time, telling them that I am still present with you. I've not left. And then on the same Sea of Galilee, on probably the very same shore, Jesus does the same thing, appears to them. And this is how it goes. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, and it happened this way. Peter and uh, six others are, are hanging out, and finally Peter says, you know what, I'm going fishing. And the other six say, we'll go with you. So the seven of them head out, and they go fishing, and just like last time, they, they fished and toiled all night long, and they got skunked again. They come to the seashore, and they're uh, gathering up things, and, and suddenly, in the, in the early dawn's light, they, they see this figure in, in the distance on the seashore, and he asks, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. And then he told them, he said, I want you to take your nets and throw them on the right side of your boat. 
And they did it. And they caught so many fish that it took two boats to bring in the fish. And it was then that um, one of the disciples, the disciple that Jesus loved, which we know to be the Apostle John, recognized Jesus. It's kind of like, I wonder, deja vu. This happened once before, where we fished all night long and we didn't catch a thing, and then this Jesus asked us to put things into the water, the nets into the water, and, and we got this great load of fish, and suddenly this disciples declared, it's the Lord, it's Jesus. And then Peter does something that we would consider to be absolutely ridiculous. We would probably take clothes off in order to go into the water. He put his clothes back on, and he jumps in the water, uh, a grand belly flop, it's, uh, the, the Greek is that he cast himself into the water. He didn't dive. And he swam to Jesus. Can you imagine what Peter looked like as he came up to Jesus? Can you imagine he's sopping wet, smells like fish, seaweed in his hair. He's got muddy feet as he's walking across the beach. And he comes up to Jesus bedraggled and wet and dirty and messy. But this time he didn't run away. He ran towards Jesus. Why? What's the difference? The first time he said, Get away from me, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. What was he focusing on? He was focusing on his, himself, he was focusing on his own heart. His messiness, his sin, his failures. The second time, he was focusing on Jesus. Because throughout his experience and his three years with Jesus, he'd come to know him as a compassionate, loving, long-suffering, forgiving, gracious God. He no longer was looking at his own heart. But he turned, and he looked at the heart of Jesus. And an interesting thing happened. Jesus didn't leave. Instead, Jesus had this conversation with Peter, and he reinstated him as a part of his mission. He said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, tend to my, tend to my people. Let them know that I love them. Friends, what does it mean to confess our sins? It means to bring them to the Lord. We begin with the S that Pastor Dave talked about, admitting our sin. But we need to move on to the confession where we turn away from our sin and we turn to face Jesus and understand the heart of a Savior that was willing to come to this world, not to lay down the law, but to fulfill the law. Not to, to condemn us, but that through Him the world might be saved. He invites us to turn our focus away from our sin and begin to focus on Him and His love and His forgiveness. And then He reinstates us. And he says, be about my business. 
be fishers of men. Forgive others. Love them as I have loved you. Today we talk about confession. And again, it's important for us to remember this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you see the focus change? From our sin to His salvation. So my friends, today I I hope that you leave and you understand the heart of Jesus. And even though we acknowledge that, that we're sinful, I pray that you can come to Him and confess your sins to Him, knowing that it's His heart that matters, not ours. It's His love that matters because it trumps our sinfulness. And I pray that you will remember this. This passage is my favorite passage in all of Scripture. It comes from 1 Timothy 1.15. Please read it with me. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. He invites you to come messy, dirty, smelly, sinful, corrupt, and even maybe evil. And he promises that he will cleanse you and forgive you all your sins. Good morning, Pastor Tim. Good morning. Oh, great, great subject today. I, I love that message. Blessing of confessing. What, what a great message. Could you could you tell us again? I mean, what is the difference between between admitting our sin and actually confessing our sin? I think admitting our sin oftentimes is just saying, "Yes, I'm a sinner," you know, and uh, it's not uh, very personal. It's it's uh, very uh, generic, and and I'm a sinner. I think what we need to understand is that not only do I admit I'm a sinner and that I sin, but uh, that I need to confess my sin, that I need to uh, admit to specific sins that that I've done, um, to bring them uh, into the attention of somebody else, uh, especially that uh, person or, in our case, God, uh, mm-hmm. that that we've sinned against him. Thank you, Pastor Tim. I look forward to next week, and hopefully those folks that don't have a church home out there that are listening to us will come and join us here every Sunday. They can be here at 8 o'clock, or they can be here at 1030 for services, and and they can be here at 915 for Bible classes. So we hope they join us. Exactly. Have a great week. for joining us. A peace to you from Peace Church in Arvada, Colorado. If you have no church home, we would be delighted for you to join us on any Sunday. Our address is 5675 Field Street in Arvada, Colorado. Our services are at 8 and 10:30 a.m. Bible classes for all ages 
are at 9.15 a.m. You can easily access our sermons online at www.peacelutheran.net or at peacearvada at youtube.com. Peace to You, in part, is a listener-supported broadcast. If you would like to sponsor a broadcast in the future, call us at 303-424-4454. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast at no charge to you, contact us at the same number, 303-424-4454. You can access our sermons at any time by going to our YouTube channel, Peace YouTube.com. Now, from the entire broadcast team at Peace Lutheran Church in Arvada, I am Reuben Hollenbeck, and may the peace of our Lord be with you today and always. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.